Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Annual Reviews and Compensation, Part 2 of 2. Hello everyone, this is Mike, and today we finish up our conversation on annual reviews and compensation. And as I've said before, if you haven't heard last week's show, stop and listen to last week's show first, then come back here and go on. Now, before we go on though, a couple notes. First, only a couple of days to take advantage of our extended premium content offer. With the purchase of the annual premium content package, not only do you get access to the transcripts, show notes, and summary presentations of the podcast, you also get our interviewing series. After October 31st, the interviewing series product alone will be $150. However, until the end of this month, which is an extension of our original offer, you'll get the interviewing series for free with your purchase of a one-year subscription to Manager Tools premium content. All of it for just $180. Also, a quick reminder that our European Effective Manager Conference in Amsterdam is coming up January 29th and 30th. We'll talk more about it in an upcoming podcast, but you can reserve your spot now by going to the Manager Tools website and selecting the Effective Manager Conference link. This time we're only allowing 75 folks, not 100, so be sure to sign up early. One more um, personal note here is I want to give a quick thanks to a new friend. I had the wonderful opportunity to meet with Steve, one of our listeners from Australia. He was visiting Washington, D.C. recently and was kind enough to call and invite me out for coffee. Well, during what was going to be a quick get-together, I got to get a glimpse into what some terribly effective managers are doing down under. What a treat. Now, of course, I don't have time to go into all the details here, but it's a real treat for us when we get to see effective management in action. And Steve and his organization are a rare group indeed. So, Steve, Juanita, Mark, Michael, Peter, and the rest of the statistics group at the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, well done. You all rock. All right, with that, let's get on with the show. Here we go. That brings us to our, sec- our second point of our bucket theory, which is increases don't have to be standardized. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we've already let the cat out of this bag, but let's just be crystal clear here. If you have a 3% raise coming from the organization, unless you have it in writing exactly what you must do, and it includes telling you that you specifically cannot finagle with the numbers, you cannot massage them, you cannot differentially apply them, then you can, unless you're specifically told you cannot, then your assumption should be that you can choose to apply the 3% raise as you see fit to your directs. Put differently, if you're able to do this, and as we've said earlier, most managers can do this, you just don't think you can or don't want to, uh, um, if you're able to do this, that 3% really isn't guidance. It's just a statement about how much senior leadership will allow the total of all salaries to increase a cost across the board. It's simply a top-end total, and it's not specific guidance to each and every manager necessarily. And that leads us to our, our third point, which is think of the percentage increase as simply a bucket of cash. And this is probably the core of this cast. When managers get this, it makes everything much clearer. 
Exactly right, sir. Fundamentally, we're saying that if you're told you have a 3% raise guideline, you have 3% more total salary dollars in the next year to administer than you did last year. And you can apportion those dollars across your directs in whatever way you best believe will create future behaviors that you want for the betterment of the organization. You need to share with us what your dark mark salary administration recommendation is. <laughs> sure. That's easy. If you have two people making $50,000 a year and you get a 3% number, you have a total of $100,000 in salary in your, in your department. Let's call it your area, your department plus 3% or you have 3,000 additional dollars next year. So you have 103,000 total salary dollars to administer for your two directs next year. Your number is not in there. Your boss is administering your number. Okay. If you have a top performer as one of your two and a perennially poor performer as your other one, and you have given her or him the requisite feedback, the requisite coaching, you don't slam people out of the blue with a, with a non-existent raise. If you haven't done your homework, manager tools doesn't suggest that you get, you get to whack people with, with salary at the end of the year. That's just unethical and unprofessional to do that. If you haven't done your homework and you're not willing to do your homework and give the feedback and have the one-on-ones and coach people and repeatedly give them feedback and show them how their failure to impact on the deadlines that they have causes impacts on the rest of the organization, which essentially can cost money. If you haven't done that, this is not a cast that'll tell you, we're not suggesting this is a way to get back at somebody or to send them a message. The I mean, salary is not message sending unless the work has done been done in advance. But okay, if you've got these two people uh, and you've done your homework on both ends, both know how well they've been doing and not been doing each one of them, you can give your top performer a $3,000 increase, which is a 6% increase while giving the other person no raise at all. Yeah, wait, 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 though. That's not the true dark mark. Oh, okay. You want the, you yeah, want want, the dark, want, dark mark. I want the dark, dark mark. Okay. That answer is that you give your poor performer a $4,000 salary cut. You give those $4,000 to your top performer, making his increase now 14%. And look. Before I get hate mail, that's a pretty rare occurrence. I'm not suggesting everyone out there should be thinking that way. But if you don't know that you can do that, I believe you're not thinking in the most ethical and professional way possible. And you've got to see this bucket theory that the bucket starts again. You don't have, if you have five directs, let me say it this way. You don't get five buckets with 3% bigger capacity. You get one bucket in which all five people's salaries is poured, and then you get 3% on top of that total. I've seen this cutting somebody else's pay and giving it to a top performer done and quite successfully. Look at because salary is confidential, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to tell the top performer their salary was was increased at the expense of someone else. Um, but I've seen this done and quite successfully by managers who are really pros, professional, ethical professionals at handling compensation. Right. And just to be clear, we would recommend this only in the event of a truly poor performer who's at the end of this long, long and failing coaching relationship whose performance has shown, you know, measured negative impacts on the entire organization. Yeah. Again, this is not a chance to hatchet job somebody. This is not a chance to, oh, I can make up for the fact that for the last six months I haven't been doing my job and I'm going to communicate it to them in the form of salary. That's just wrong. It's wrong headed and it's wrong. Um, 
And and quite frankly, this move, if you do it well, if you handle it ethically, this would be someone whom you would essentially be encouraging to leave the organization which this with the move, with cutting their with cutting their pay. Yeah, and let's let's also be clear. We're not recommending that everyone go out and do this, even if it can and has been done. Right. right. We're just we're just making the point about how to look at the number you're given as this bucket of cash that you can apportion in any way you please. That's it. Well, what you said, that's exactly right. We're giving this example not to motivate people to take advantage of the example, but to show how how you can get to that if you start thinking about a bucket of cash as one bucket of cash, not as five buckets if you've got five directs, but one, and then you reapportion everything in the new year. Okay, and and that, I guess, of course, leads us to our next point, our last point on this particular area, is to apply the bucket differentially. Yeah, and again, I think this cat is out of the proverbial bag here. We again simply want to be clear, though, that you can pour the one big bucket you've got. You can pour it out however you want. Okay, so so let's get let me give a more realistic answer or example here. Okay, suppose you've got ten people working for you, and they're making between thirty five and seventy five thousand dollars each in salary per year. The guidance for the year is a very nice five percent. And 5%, if you don't know this, folks, 5% is a very good year. If you're under the age of 28 and you're under the impression that you're going to get 5 or 10% or 15% raises, you're not. If you're getting 10% raises, uh, you're probably in an unusual industry, and there are some, uh, and you're probably a very top performer, and that's great. Okay. Uh, although, if you hear that the standard is 12 and you're getting 10, that means you're probably not doing that well. Or your boss is really, really, really bad at what he does. Okay. So the guidance for the year is a very nice 5%. To give you some idea of how we see this as a bucket problem, I'm not even going to give you the individual salaries. They don't matter yet. Add all the salaries up and say what you get is a total of $500,000. This means with a 5% increase, you now have $525,000 in salary in that bucket to apportion among your 10 folks for the next year. Now, I admit to liking thinking of it that way. I almost want to zero everyone out just to make sure that the one thing I do is take care of my top performers. But most managers don't do it that way. Whether they know about how the salary administration really works, most managers don't even think of the $25,000 increase that they have. They simply think of the 5% and apply it across the board with perhaps one or two small changes. And what they do, rather than apportioning dollars, most managers work with percentage and give everyone the 5% right off the bat. Far too many, though, just leave it at that. Um, some, let's be honest, some do take the important step of figuring out how high they can get their top performer while essentially taking some percentage from the other directs. Yeah, it's a bucket, folks. <laughs> it does not, the number, the 5%, does not necessarily imply an individual raise guidance. Right. That's it. Okay, so yes. let's move on Good. to our second recommendation. Consider the, t- the value of a one-time bonus. Yep, this is a huge miss for many, many managers. This is a neat option for the manager who's well-prepared, who perhaps wants a bigger bucket of compensation incentive to spread around. Rather than asking for more salary, 
essentially an extra amount of percentage increase, which we'll talk about. Again, we're going to talk about how that might happen in a different cast. The smart manager knows that asking for a pool of bonus dollars is a much more likely request to be granted, and it gives you some additional flexibility. If you've never heard of this happening, it's just that those managers who do this don't advertise it. Bosses don't make it widely available because it's more work. And of course, it certainly costs more money. I mean, $5,000 cash is $5,000 cash. Um, but it is a well-used tool in the right situations. And you've got to start. Uh, um, it may not apply to you this year, but you've got to have it in your head when you start thinking about compensation decisions, which usually is around the time of performance reviews. Yeah, I think it would. I, I, I'm assuming, and Mike, let me just, we're, 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 we're likely to release this toward the, the end of the last quarter of the year or something. I mean, right? I mean, that, that, yeah, yeah. that would be uh, our intent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now, now, why, I, I think I understand where you're, where you're going here, but, uh, what do you mean by bonuses are different? How, how so? Yeah. We're stressing the point here that bonuses are also money. And, and I think this is one of those. I think there are some managers sitting here rolling their eyes going, okay, guys, I know that. I know bonuses are different than salary, but not everybody knows what you know, Mr. or Ms. Manager, who's been around for five years. There are some junior folks listening and they need to understand this. Um, bonuses are also money. And, and of course, they're actually cash, which is different than a salary increase in a large firm. But even though cash is king and we generally try to be careful about it, a cash bonus, a one-time bonus, is much easier to get approved than additional salary dollars. And there are two really good reasons for this. First, salary is additive over time. If your right. firm grants someone a higher salary this year, the next year their increase is compounded again. The two thousand right. dollar raise is in their salary next year, and then any increase is on top of that number. Yeah, so a three percent increase next year is three percent of not just the original salary, but three percent of that two thousand dollars as well. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so salary increases are seen as long term expensive in 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 that way, that because of the compounding right. nature of like, just think about right. it. It's, it's like a it's like an investment, right, with compounded interest. And yep. companies have learned that most managers do not think that way since the manager isn't on the hook for the pay the company is yep all right so managers are always asking for more salary dollars and then quite frankly to a lot of finance people look like drunken sailors they do i I mean people say look i need two more percent what are you nuts do you know what two percent across the board look if if you go to a finance person you can assume if you ask for more the first thing they do is multiply your request time the other five thousand managers and say i'd like to stay out of jail or at least stay out of bankruptcy court right yeah the yeah it's like oh sure yeah i've got two thousand dollars for you and or i got two percent for you and hey this other guy needs nine percent what do you think you think that's yeah, good yeah. oh sure i'll do that too yeah, have another drink yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to be profitable because who needs profit, right? I mean, profit's a four-letter word. We profit's not good. We don't want to be profitable. We want to we want to barely break even because because we don't really need to invest in that big expensive capital. We we don't need capital. We can just go get the money loaned to us at eight percent interest or something like that. <laughs> and look, this time in this case, when somebody goes and asks for more salary dollars, in most situations, finance is right. And our second point here is that benefits cost are calculated as a percentage of salary dollars. So if a firm increases salaries by any amount, there is a concomitant increase in benefit cost. At some of the more well-paying firms in the U.S., 
And we know that the, 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 um, numbers are higher in the EU, for instance, because of, uh, um, more, more generous benefits. At some firms in the U.S., benefits costs are an additional 40% of salary costs. That means for every dollar you increase salaries, you're obligating the company for another 40 cents in, in salary costs. And people forget this. They always wonder why, gee, my salary doesn't seem that much. How is it that labor is the number one cost? Well, there's a lot more than just salaries that go into the total labor costs that a company, uh, has to pay. Labor is virtually always that number one cost at every company. So cost controls on labor, that is to say salary increases, are watched the most carefully. You always watch most carefully anything that is your biggest bucket. On the other hand, bonuses are seen as one-time deals. There's no additive nature. B- benefits are are not ca- calculated based on bonuses. And so bonuses are cheap relatively speaking, while in addition to that, they're also perceived as highly impactful. Yeah, yeah, but please don't go just asking for a big number given that, right? Uh, yeah, that I suppose I didn't see that one coming. Mark we're said it was it cheap. Sound, right? said it was cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, I suppose we're making it sound like, yeah, I'm just going to go, hey, heck with salaries. I'm just going to get more bonus. La ha ha. I'm, yeah. Um, they're cheap. Sometimes they can be funded differently than salary dollars at either a lower level of approval, like your boss, as opposed to the VP or heaven forbid, the finance person, or maybe even from a different budget line, like incentive awards or expensive or something like that. And 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 those things give uh, someone in the chain of command more options to look at something. Right. Now, our next point when it comes to um, pursuing the bonus route is asking for a number and not a percentage. Why is that? Yeah, look, three, three things to think about here. If you ask for a percentage for somebody while salary administration is occurring in the organization in the Q4 or Q, early Q1, it feels like to whomever you're asking that you're asking for more salary. Salary generally gets talked about in these percentages, though bonuses are usually discussed in terms of dollars. Also, percentages make the recipient of your request start seeing this as a zero-sum game where your extra one-tenth of one percent in dollars, essentially, but it's but the dollars translating, if you ask for one-tenth of one percent uh, in the form of a bonus, has to come from someone else's salary percentage because everybody else is talking about percentages and they see it as a zero-sum game. That makes an approval less likely. And finally, if you're going to tie it to an event or a win, an initiative, or a moment, as mentioned in this next point, it's much easier to have some sense of the dollar value of that win rather than a salary percentage value, which, of course, that salary percentage value is a a never-ending annuity. It it always exists forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, So a a one-time event is more closely related ethically, if you will, to a one-time bonus. And, And Executives just don't do bonus math around salary increases and percentages. Because when you say percentages, they think that it's a never, hey, that's going to happen forever. That's going to be added to their base forever and ever and ever. And we want to stay away from that when we can. Right. So just ask for dollars or euros yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, pick a number, pick a number, ask for dollars. Yep. Yeah. Now, next on our, our list here is create a one-page ask based on specific performance, win or event. Now, why would we want to, why would we want to do it based on a, on a, on a single event or, performance win versus the, the year's performance. Yeah. Okay. I want to make one thing clear. And it occurs to me as we're talking about this, Mike, I, we, we may be creating a little mis- misunderstanding here. We're not suggesting that, our, that, that the bonus thing is a way to get everybody more money. 
right? You and I are on right, the same right. page, right? We're looking to ask for a couple of top performers to get a couple of, couple of thousand more dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, there we're, may be people listening to us going, oh, so what I do is I get my 2.5% and then I go back and ask for a bonus for everybody. No, we're, we're definitely not no. suggesting that anyone go out and try to get everyone on their team a bonus. That doesn't yeah. work. And that's I a, need a $2,000 bonus for everyone. Yeah, uh, it, looks, it just looks like a blatant dodge around the salary administration yes. process. Yes, we're talking exactly. about the rare exception that a brand, you know, it'd be a rare exception where a bonus would be, would be granted to an entire team. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably if it was, it would be something that had happened in the middle of the year that everybody knew about, but it was being paid at the end of the year. There was some accrual going on, but then the payment happens at the end of the year. Okay. Um, this is kind of a two-parter, the creating a one-page ask based on specific performance or win or event. We're saying that you start with a specific person or persons in mind rather than your entire team. Okay, right. Good. We've already, we've already talked about that. Um, uh, um, so we start with that person and then we go looking for a specific event or series of events or wins for this direct to which you can tie this bonus. We're not suggesting that you had to know in June that in fact that deserved a bonus. You're saying my top performer is not getting enough. I need to get her a bonus. Let's go back in the year and let's find something specific that I can make a case for. Um, that is non-recurring. We'll talk about that in a moment. It just makes it a little bit easier to get the bonus because if you're trying to get a bonus over the entire year, two things work in the, uh, work against you. One, over the entire year, there may be some low moments, some low lights uh, for this per, this uh, uh, young lady's uh, high performance that your boss could mention and take the luster off that top performer, right? right Number exactly. two... Number two, it's seen as a one-time thing. That is not just a salary dodge, and that is not as easily or naturally repeated next year. Which leads us to our next point, which is tying. Yeah, your- let me just. I'm sorry. One more thing, Mike. The one-page ask. The format is not all that important. It could just simply be a memo from manager to director. Re uh, uh, bonus request for for um, John Smith. And it says, uh, uh, in this year, uh, John contributed specifically in these three specific events that are tied together around the larger initiative of quality cost, re- uh, quality failure cost reductions. Um, and, uh, these three events led to this much and this much. He was a key part of that. I believe that we need to recognize that when we give him his salary, we need to also add a thousand dollar bonus. We need to tell him what it's for. And that can be a very powerful retention issue because we know the guy's in play. He's getting calls from recruiters. Yeah. Exactly. And it's one pager. It's one pager. You don't go and sit down next to your boss and say, blah, blah, blah. I kind of like to do this. How do you feel about that? Because then your boss says, sure, you got to write it up. And then you got to look at writing it up. You go and you do do your homework. You put it together and you present it to your boss and you say, I am, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm formally asking for a bonus, an additional bonus, performance bonus to go along with a salary increase for John of, you know, $1,000 or $2,000 or whatever seems reasonable based on your understanding of how much they make and they increase and so on and most people believe that that's not possible that you could never get this but it, it is possible it happens it is possible it happens all the time yeah yeah okay and, and 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 what doesn't happen all the time the reason people think it's not possible is because the managers who get it don't talk about it very much but the managers who don't get the salary increases that they want because they don't know how to ask for it and because that pot is limited across the entire company they go ask for salary increases i need more for my team i've got a team of top performers and the boss says no <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not an unlimited, you know, there's not a big thing in the back that has cash in it and you just scoop out cash whenever anybody needs it, right? There's not a pot in the back. 
There's no leprechauns making a pot of salary or cash in the back. Yeah, it's, it's um, darn inconvenient, so, but it is. Yeah, true. So, yeah, we, we like to work around that. But 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 what ends up happening is managers go and ask for more salary. They get told no. They don't think creatively about a bonus. Those managers who request bonuses keep that quiet because they want that bonus pot to stay theirs. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned it earlier about looking for a non-recurring event. So, so our, our next point is that, is that exactly, which is tie your distribution to a non-recurring theme, event, or initiative. Yeah. This just makes the approval a little bit easier. We are doing this in hindsight, right? We're, we're coming to the end of the year and we're saying, we, we see that John needs some more. Let's go back. Let's look for something that's compelling that we can justify paying a bonus for, uh, or maybe two or three things. Um, they're still getting more dollars than, than somebody else. Or let me, let me say it differently. It makes the approval easier from the direct perspective, even though it's a bonus, they're still getting more dollars than other folks, which reinforces the behavior and performance that you want going forward. Because salary is a recurring financial arrangement, it makes sense that the salary decision is based on recurring responsibilities, recurring uh, high performance, and that's likely to recur in the next year. Bonuses, though, because they're one-time items, are more rationally tied to a non-recurring event like a product launch or a quality benchmark that was met or a cost takeout project that won big time. Those moments, those specific moments won't recur next year. Rewarding them with bonus money makes more sense. It's easier to make happen because the boss says, well, I'm not tying myself to anything because we've already done that thing. He's not going to come back to me and ask for a bonus on that again next year because we're not going to do that next year. It's exactly. pretty simple. Exactly. Okay. And then and then our last uh, point is talk about next year's bonus. Yeah, it's a little bit of a gutsy move, yeah, but if you gutsy. Yeah, 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 but if you believe you have a clear non-recurring objective next year, point those directs that you've given a bonus to toward it in the next year when you give them their reviews this year. Suggest that you're going to be working during the year for a bonus relative to its accomplishment. This is a powerful way to forward incent, if you will, which is what salary increases are. They're not only a reward, but they're a future incentive. This is a powerful way to reinforce your top one or two non-recurring priorities for the next year, because all too often non-recurring priorities can get subsumed unless they get a lot of management attention with the day-to-day tasks of, hey, look, I know I'm going to get evaluated on this stuff in my review. Uh, I, you know, uh, this is a non-recurring thing. Maybe I can literally let this be a flavor of the month and go away. It'll, not, it'll be a lot less likely to be a flavor of the month if, in fact, you've made a commitment to figuring out a way to pay a bonus toward it. Maybe not at the time it happens, but at salary administration time at the end of the year, people are much more likely to, 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 to motivate themselves and behave themselves around um, those non-recurring events or initiatives in the, in the next year, if there's a bonus associated with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's let's, uh, take a minute and just uh, wrap this up and sum up everything for folks. Okay. Cool. So we've got two caveats. Folks, we know it may not work for you, but we encourage you to dig a little bit. Don't just take the scuttlebutt. And and again, this is nowhere near all there is to say on compensation. Man, we got a lot to say about that, uh, including a cast about how to get more of a salary bucket, how that happens. Uh, we got two recommendations. The first one is the bucket theory. You know, company performance is the major driver, folks. You're not, when you tell somebody they're getting a 2.5% increase, you're not saying you only did 2.5% of work. You're 
you're saying, or 2.5% improvement over year over year. You're saying the company only gets 2.5% because it's based on how the company did. And if you had a great year, but everybody else didn't, your bonus, your, your salary increase is going to be affected by that. I might be able to get you more, but it's not going to be as much as if everybody does well. Okay. Uh, and so it's company performance is a major driver. You don't have to standardize increases. If you think about the increase as a bucket of, the percentage increase is a bucket of cash and then apply that bucket differentially, you end up with better results in terms of future behavior. Even if you have to have a couple of tough conversations, you also have a couple of good conversation. As we always say, after you get done with the baseline of one-on-ones, where a manager, where an effective manager tools manager spends his or her time is differentially on their top performers because an extra hour of, uh, uh, high performance from a top performer is worth more than an extra hour of low performance from a bottom performer. And then finally, the second recommendation is uh, we made a point about considering the value of a one-time bonus because bonuses are seen so much different. They're different. We ask for a number, a dollar amount rather than a percentage so that we don't. it's not seen as salary. It's seen as a bonus. Create that one-page ask based on the performance, the win, or the event. Um, make sure it's tied to a non-recurring theme or event. And then, make, then be willing to consider talking about next year's bonus as a way to forward incent the kind of behavior that you got this year. Wouldn't it be great to know that you're going to get it next year good okay yeah. as you said not not the uh definitive word on on compensation but it's a start i, I suspect that it, you're right totally not definitive and not by any means comprehensive but i, I gotta tell you I, I think a lot of people are gonna go wow i did not know that stuff and if you can't if you don't know it you can't engage in these kind of behaviors to take care of your top performers and to be a manager who's who's really truly professional about administering the salary of your organization good and, and we'll try to release this um in an appropriate time so folks have a chance to try this this year oh that'd be great yeah and then we look forward to hearing you know in first quarter maybe uh some feedback from folks about did they try it how did it work and what was the effect on their organizational performance so yep. looking forward to good that. all right my friend Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That's it for this week. As always, Mark and I truly appreciate your ongoing support. Uh, We couldn't do this without you. If you have any questions or comments for us, please stop by the forums and let us know. www.managertools.com forward slash forums. Also, uh, one quick note that I didn't mention in the upfront notes is a few weeks ago, we implemented the Google search appliance on the Manager Tools site. And so, you know, it's really amazing what kind of technology you can get these days just for a few thousand dollars. If you use the search box on the Manager Tools homepage, I think you'll find the results much more to your liking than it used to be. Now, instead of just using the native WordPress search capability, we're using the Google search appliance. Now, the search function not only searches the blogs, but the forums, all the premium content, yep, the show notes, transcripts and slides, and every other piece of text on the site. Now, how's that for finding the podcast or discussions you're looking for? I think there's more work we can do on the presentation of the search results, but didn't want to wait much longer before letting everyone know about the new functionality. And as always, a special thanks to the premium members. Your investment is what made this all possible. So thank you very much. So that's it. Until next week, then, so long. 